Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 829. You know, it may sound kind of cliche. It's it's very simple, but, you know, it's something that has really, really impacted me over the past two years and changing, you know, the mindset and stuff. And just don't limit yourself. You can just go for it in every aspect of your life. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Doug Campbell. Hey, Doug, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm strapped in and ready to go, Mark. All right, here we go. Doug Campbell is in charge of marketing, public relations, and sales at Hillbank Superformance in Irvine, California. There they build continuation sports cars, including the Shelby Cobra, Daytona Coupe, Ford GT40, Caterham, and the Corvette Grand Sport. His career was as an engineer for Texas Instruments, then at Ericsson, EF Johnson, and iTron, transitioning from engineering to marketing and product development. And after 20 years at Southern California Edison, he retired but quickly realized he needed a little more to his life. A meeting with Lance Stander, the owner of Superformance, led to his current position with the company, and now he's wrapping his passion for automobiles and performance with his new career. You'll often find him driving his 12-year-old Superformance Daytona Coupe, in which he's logged over 50,000 miles in that car on the track and tours and traveling. So, Doug, I told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career, your business, and, of course, your obvious passion for automobiles? Hi, Mark. Yeah, I've been uh, passionate about automobiles since I was at a young age, but never really acted on that passion until I got my Daytona about 12 years ago. I live in uh, Newport Beach, California, on lovely Balboa Island, a fun little place to live. Very nice, yeah. Yeah, I love it there. Married to my wife, Marisa. She's an Italian. Uh, people often question whether that's a smart move, being married to an Italian and living close to deep water like that. But I definitely <laughs> watch my P's and Q's. Yeah. And then we have a 15-year-old son, Douglas Jr., a couple of cats, and Douglas just adopted a couple of chinchillas. So uh, I'm learning all about chinchillas now, Mark. <laughs> there you go. What fun. Well, and I'll let our listeners know, a couple weeks ago, I had the pleasure of going to Irvine and visiting Superformance and spent some time with Lance and Doug and some of the other great people, including Rich McDonald, who's going to be a guest of mine on uh, Monday here on Cars Yeah. And I got to drive a GT40. I got to see Doug's Daytona. Uh, I mean, these guys are having incredible amount of fun. I just wanted to stay there and work there. It looked like so much fun. And it sounds like that's kind of what happened with you, isn't it? It is. You know, I have been in the corporate world all my life and at 56 years old decided, you know, if I'm going to do something every day, I'm going to do something really fun. And uh, I was actually on a tour with our local Orange County Co-Brunners Club and we were up north in the Central Valley wine country up near Cambria, Paso Robles and doing a wine tasting. And I was with Lance and Deborah. And Lance turned to me and said, uh, what are you doing now? And I said, nothing, I'm retired. And he said, why don't you come work for me? And I don't know how much wine he had had at that point, but, <laughs> you know, I knew enough to say uh, I'd be crazy to pass that up. And, you know, it's been a little over a year now that I've been here and I love it. It's, uh, 
it's not like going to work at all. Yeah, the whole atmosphere while I was visiting, and I was there for a good part of the day, was just so relaxed and fun, enjoyable, but there was so much going on, people doing things. But the biggest thing I noticed is everybody had a big smile on their face. And how you couldn't have a smile on your face if you have any kind of inkling towards cars and being there surrounded by all that incredible beauty uh, is incredible to me. And getting to drive the GT40, I've got to come back and drive the Daytona, uh, drive a Cobra. I mean, there just wasn't enough time to do everything I wanted to do there. Very, very cool place. Well, as we continue on your journey and learn more about you and Superformance, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get those inspirational tires smoking here on cars. Yeah. So Doug, take the wheel. Okay. What I really like um, over the past couple of years, I ran across this through some personal development training I was doing, and it says, what you focus on, you find. And so I've really changed my mindset, like I said, over the past couple of years to focus on what I want versus worrying about what could go wrong. I love to plan, you know, having an engineering background, I was probably an over planner, definitely OCD. But now I, I still try to just stay open to opportunities that present themselves every day. And you know, this conversation I had with Lance that led me to where I'm at now is certainly an example of that. So I just try and stay focused on successful outcomes instead of worrying about what could go wrong. And my wife, she always has a, a saying I like that says, worrying is praying for what you don't want to happen. <laughs> you know, she's a pretty smart lady. I Years and years ago, I worked in the advertising field and I had a client that was a real challenge for me. I mean, just a huge challenge. And I, I tried so hard to make these people happy. And I was in a meeting with them one day and there were some problems with a photo shoot. We were doing advertising and collateral design for them. And one of the people said to me, how can you always just so happy? How can you be happy? This is a big problem. We get, Aren't you taking this seriously? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, why focus on the negative? Let's focus on where we need to be in the positive. And I could almost see a light bulb go on in her head. And she kind of stopped because she was always negative, always focusing on what could go wrong. And I think I made a little bit of a turn there for her <laughs> because I noticed in the future it got better. But I love that mantra. Yeah, you are what you focus on and yep. what you're, you're spending your time on. So great way to go through life. Well, let's go back in time. Although you're a late bloomer in working in the automotive field, you've always liked cars, I think. That's what I've learned about you. So tell me a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you look back that you realize you were a car guy? Yeah, I think the moment that comes to mind is when I was nine years old. Uh, my sister and brother are eight and ten years older than me, so I was kind of like an only child growing up. But I had a cousin who was my age, and his dad, my uncle, was a huge NASCAR fan. I mean, we lived in North Carolina, and back in the 60s and 70s, NASCAR was huge. And so when I was nine, he started taking me to NASCAR races. And I'll never forget the first race I went to when I was nine years old was Darlington. And not knowing any better, you know, I wanted to be as close to the cars as I could get. I was a huge Bobby Allison fan. I wanted to be able to be up against the fence and, you know, see the look in Bobby's eyes when he drove by. And oh, yeah. Past Kale Yarborough and David Pearson and Richard Petty and all those guys. And so I forced my uncle to abandon his really good seats up high where you could actually see the race and move down close to the track. And I can remember during a caution period, I went to the restroom and I took my sunglasses off and you could just see this huge white streak on my face where the sunglasses were. The rest of my face was just covered with tire rubber and whatever else was coming <laughs> off the track. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I didn't want to wash my face for the rest of the week. It was like a badge of honor 
Absolutely. Very cool. So, Doug, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. Of course, the most important part of this question is, what did it teach you? How did you move forward? So take us to that point in time, kind of walk us through it and tell us what the lesson was for you. Okay. I'll go back to like March of 2015. And that's one of those kind of the best of times and worst of times kind of things. I was extremely excited and having a blast working on wedding plans with my wife, Marisa. But my personal life was on such a great track that it was also putting a spotlight on how unhappy I was in my professional life. And although I had a very successful career and was very good at my job, I wasn't really getting anything back from it. So even though I enjoyed many of the people I worked with and for, I definitely was not having fun on a daily basis or getting fulfilled. And that daily stress started to manifest itself in some extra weight I was actually putting on, especially around my waist. And it just so happened that my wife started a nutritional cleansing program that month so she could look her best for our wedding that was coming up later in August. And keep in mind, I grew up around a bunch of good old boys in rural North Carolina. We had cattle out back. Uh, I was not on board with any cleansing. You know, and I told her, I said, I'm not from California. I'm not doing any cleansing. And it brings up all kinds of connotations that I, I won't mention here. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, <laughs> so, you know, after watching how much energy she had us two weeks into her program and seeing how easy it was, I jumped on board. And, you know, it was great. You know, to release 17 pounds, 9% body fat in 30 days. But what was really amazing was how I felt, how much it changed my mindset. I had no idea the effect it would have on me. And I really believe that that prepared me for uh, some mental and physical challenges that I was going to face following the wedding. Wow. You know, this is really interesting to me because I, I follow both you and Marissa on Facebook. I see you guys and I see her posting examples of people who've used this n- nutritional program and how much it's done for you. I've met you. You're in great shape. I'm in the same boat. I'm in a position where I've noticed that having worked here, sitting at my desk all day long, I've gained weight. I don't feel as good as I used to feel. I just feel like I need to change something because it's obvious to me that what I'm doing and what I'm not doing are good examples. So But I love the fact that aside from the physical change, there was a mental change that happened. And and I get why those two things work together. But maybe you can talk for a second or two here without getting too far off of cars about Mm -hmm. why you think that happened for you. Yeah, and I think part of it is when you're cleaning toxins out of your body, uh, you're cleaning toxins out of your brain as well as the rest of your body. And I think it gave me a mental clarity that I hadn't had before. And, uh, you know, I kind of have the saying, I, I've kidded around with my wife, Marisa, that I'm going to write this book called Coming Out of the Corporate Fog. Because I really, when I retired, felt like I was coming out of this fog I had been in for all of my my working life. And I, I truly believe that part of this program, you know, they not only focus on the physical, but also on the mental. So I was doing uh, a part of the program they call Healthy Mind and Body, where you log on for like 15 or 20 minutes a day and go through some questions. And it really helps you center yourself and focus and really work on your mindset. So it's not just a physical, it's a mental, emotional program too. So I think working on all that together really helped give me the tools I needed to make some changes in my life to get me to 
what's truly like the happiest point in my life I've ever been right now. Wow. Fantastic. Well, yeah, so much can happen from stress. I mean, it can affect you in so many ways that you just have no idea. And uh, yeah, maybe after the show, I want to talk to you a little bit more about this program. <laughs> maybe you guys can help me out a little bit. I'm sure I need a little bit of help. And it does relate back to cars because you look at how much money people spend, you know, for a carbon fiber hood to save a half a pound off of a car. I mean, <laughs> I release 17 pounds. How much carbon fiber is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was vintage racing, uh, I came in one time and asked the guy that was helping me. I said, how do we make this car faster? And he goes, well, I know how we can do it. Change the driver. <laughs> I'm like, ouch. How much am I paying you for that kind of an oh, attitude? Like, so, uh, yeah. Yikes. Exactly. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when the headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for a new direction in your career, your business, your life. Well, we touched on it a little bit, but it's kind of like picking up where I left off from the last question. So, you know, I took two weeks off to get married. I was going through all this stuff. And just before uh, I left to go get married, I had spent about six weeks putting a five-year strategic plan together for my division. And everybody was going like, it was the first of the ones developed, how great a plan it was. It looks incredible. Went away for two weeks, had an incredible two weeks getting married, came back. And they said, well, we've had a little change plan uh, we've got from now which is basically september till the end of the year to cut all the budgets by 30 percent oh and that's <laughs> lights went on I'm like you know what i really need to make a change this job is serving me anymore yeah and so i stayed on board and led my team through the transition and tired that following january wow so was done set i just told my wife i said i really want to do something around my passion for cars I'm not happy every day going into the office. I'm not waking up really excited about what I'm doing. And I saw the passion that she had for what she was doing, which really inspired me to try and find the same thing. Absolutely. Well, how about a proudest career or business moment? I would assume you had a bunch of those, but is there one that stands out for you? Honestly, Mark, it's being asked to do this podcast. We talked a little bit before, but I'm a huge fan of this. And when I think about all the past guests that I've listened to, uh, it's a surreal experience to actually be talking to you like this. There's so many people that I look up, admire to in the car world that have been on here, like, you know, Adam Carolla, Wayne Carini, Gary Patterson, Mike Brewer, Dave Kendig, Wade Kawasaki. I mean, it just goes on and on. You know, Big Daddy, Don Garlitz. I, mean, I used to draw tons of his cars, you know, Swamp Rats and everything when I was a kid. Yeah, and Tom Cotter, he played a huge role in my life. It was actually... Um, his article in the March 2005 issue of Road and Track on the Superformance Daytona Coupe. The first time I'd ever seen a Daytona Coupe, I, it was like being struck by lightning. I fell in love with the car. I knew nothing about it, knew nothing about Peter Brock, nothing. And so I spent two weeks researching everything. And the more I learned about the history and how Peter Brock and Bob Nextab were involved, uh, the more in love I fell with the car. That's when I met Lance Stander, went back two weeks later and ordered one from Lance. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's amazing. So, you know, and, you know, you've had Lance and, and Peter Brock on as well. Very, very nice. Well, and thank you for the kind words as well. Uh, it's a real honor to have you be one of my many, many guests. Number 829. Holy cow, I've talked to a lot of people. Well, let's go back in time and talk about your first really special car. Now, maybe it's the Daytona that you have, but maybe there was another one in your past that you could share with us. Yeah, my, my very first car was handed down to me by my grandmother. Um, she unfortunately passed away when I was about 15 and a half. 
And my grandma liked speed, so maybe that's where I get a little bit of it. But it was a 1970 Buick Skylark, and it was a beautiful car. It was, I forget the uh, the name of the, the color. I think it was a bamboo cream or something like that. It was kind of a beige color with a white hard top. It had the pearl white bucket seats in it with a 350. It had the center console with the U-shaped handle, you know, and the hydroturbomatic uh, automatic transmission. And, uh, of course, back then, you know, this is 1976. I had to add my 8-track with my Jensen 6x9 comeback speakers in the back. And, then, you know, I was really ready to ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, you know, it's fun, those old cars. I've had many, many guests on the show that got cars from grandparents, and those became really special. And they weren't really anything unique or high performance, but there was just that relationship, the days you used to drive with your grandparents in the cars. And, uh, yeah, very fun. Very cool. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you had back? That's the one, you know. I really, I'd, I'd love to get another Skylark and maybe do like a resto mod or like a a GS Stage 1 tribute car uh-huh. with it. I, I love the Skylark. I always wanted to soup it up more, but never had the resources to do it back when I was 16. Right. Even though it may not be necessarily collectible or anything, you know, it was my first car. I drove to high school and college and just had a ton of fun with it. I'd love to kind of recreate a better version of that car and have that as part of a collection. I think it would be really, really fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Very cool. I see that in your future. Well, let's talk about today, tomorrow, and what has you really excited and fired up right now there at Superformance? There's a project that I just started. My wife has uh, pretty much taken over my Daytona and wants to start tracking it this year. And oh, so wow. I've, I've all but lost my, my Daytona, but I'm working on our next car, we actually just placed the order for it last week, and we're really, really excited about it. I can't talk about it a lot right now because it's going to be introduced, it looks like, for SEMA in 2018. Oh, how fun is that? Yeah, I never dreamed I'd be involved with a car for SEMA. So we just started the process. We're really just blessed and excited to have the opportunity to do it. And I'd love to be able to tell you more. I can say it's it'll be very unique and you do have a few people and sponsors that are already on board, and I'm just astonished at the amount of excitement there is about it um, in the early stages. And honestly, I've never been more excited about anything in my life. Wow. Having followed you, and I see how active you are on Facebook, I'm sure when the time comes for you to release that, we'll start to see little bits come out, and we'll learn a lot more about that. So uh, I'm very, very excited. And there's one other thing uh, that I'm really excited about other than the SEMA project, and it's something I never really expected, um, and it's writing. And I've never thought of myself as a writer, but one of your past guests, Dustin Troy, and, you know, he puts on Supercar Sunday oh, yeah. up in Woodland Hills. Yeah. And um, also uh, the Motor for Toys, a big show where he's done just so much for, for hundreds of thousands of kids now. But he also has Driven World Magazine. And Back at the end of the year, he asked me if I could do an article for the January issue. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know what to do. And he's just, well, write about your passion for cars. And so I wrote a small article for him. And then he came back and said, I want you to write another article. And so that was just published in the July issue. And uh, now I'm, I'm going to be doing a couple more. So, you know, I never thought of myself as being a writer and still really don't. But, you know, it's something that's 
definitely out of my comfort zone. But, you know, my wife always tells me that's where you experience growth. And, yes. you know, I'm starting to find some enjoyment from it, too. And so, you know, that's been something that was really, really unexpected and came out of the blue. But I'm really excited about doing some more articles for Dustin and just see where else that might lead to. Oh, how exciting is that? He is such a great guy. What he's doing there is just absolutely spectacular. I really loved having him on the show. Dustin with the orange cap on. He's always wearing that orange, <laughs> that orange cap. But uh, shout out to yep. Dustin there. I think you found a great guy, Dustin and uh, Doug here. Um, you, you've spurred a whole new avenue of growth for Doug. So uh, I think that's great. And Marissa, your wife is absolutely right. It's, it's in those... Areas that we're uncomfortable that we really do grow and learn and become something different. So uh, that feisty Italian you married has some smarts in her as well. So she uh, does. yeah, absolutely. All right. This is a very introspective question for you, Doug. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Gosh, this is <laughs> tough. This is really tough. Yeah, well, I don't know. I guess, you know, I would definitely be an American car. Mm-hmm. Loud, but hopefully not too obnoxious and um, <laughs> probably more on the simple side. So, you know, nothing too complex. And uh, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe a, a 65 Mustang GT350. Oh, there you go. You know, something that starts out kind of average, you know, like Carol Shelby used to say, you know, like a secretary's car, nothing special, but, you know, with enough work and, you know, polishing, you know, maybe something that'll surprise you. So maybe... <laughs> Maybe that. I guess I'd have to go with that for now. I like that answer. That's very, very cool. You know, way back when I had a 66 GT350 Shelby Mustang, it was actually a, a clone, I guess you would call them, or a fakey-do, as Keith Martin calls them, or whatever. But uh, it was really, <laughs> really well done. The gentleman I bought it from, his dad actually worked for Ford back in the day and went over to Carroll Shelby's shop and picked up a bunch of the parts that he later used on this car when Carroll was building the GT350s. I love that car. It it was so much fun to drive. I couldn't get gas without talking to a thousand people. Everybody loved the car. It was so well done. It looked like the real deal. It was white with the blue stripes and uh ah, what fun. So uh yeah, I can see you. You're an easygoing guy, a fun guy to talk to. So T T three fifty. That's Doug for sure. <laughs> Very nice. Well, Doug, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. 
The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Okay, Doug, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, boy. I've received a lot. But I think I have to go back to my dad for this one. You know, he taught me from a really young age that if you own something, you have to take care of it. Mm. And he involved me at an early age in taking care of the cars and the boats that we had when I was growing up. And he had me take over the washing of all the family cars around age seven. Um, You know, he passed away just about 10 years ago. And I'm such a different person now. You know, one of the, the real wishes I had is I could just sit down with him eye to eye and thank him for all the life lessons that he did teach me. Yeah. Um, you know, I worked with him from when I was nine until I was 18 as a mechanic at his boat dealership and just let him know that I, now I'm actually in a situation where I'm using the lessons he taught me every day. <laughs> you know, I think he'd be really, really happy. And Doug and I have something in common that's really sad. We both lost our parents. You lost your mom. I lost my dad back in May on the same day. And so yeah. uh, we're all dealing with the same kind of thing right now in our life. But, you know, our parents and being a parent, as I am, you're a parent, teaching our kids things is what makes us really proud. And you hope they listen and pick up a little bit. And sometimes when they're teenagers, they act like they're not listening. But as my wife used to remind me, they're listening. They're hearing it. They just don't want to acknowledge it. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, that would be pretty, pretty cool. So your dad taught you some great things for sure. Now, how about personal habits? Is there a personal habit you have that you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? Absolutely. You know, I used to wake up in the morning and just let the day happen to me. And again, one of the things that my wife taught me is to start the day with daily meditation. So we really focus on clearing our minds and setting intentions at the beginning of every day when we first wake up. It's made a huge difference in my daily life. And, you know, I definitely notice it on days when I miss it. It's just, it's still so hard for me, even though I know it's so good for me to do that. It's so hard for me first thing in the morning, not to reach for my phone and just start scrolling through emails, and you know, just falling into my day. But she continues to be patient and encouraging uh, when it comes to our morning meditation and affirmations. And I think it really, really makes a difference. You know, I've had many very successful guests on this show that have said the same thing. Again, there's something else that maybe uh, you and your wife can teach me to do better because, yeah, I jump up and jump right on the computer and get to work. And I just, I, I don't know what it is. I think sometimes we forget how important it is to take care of ourselves and how we can be so much more productive than we If we do that and take that time, my father was big into meditation, affirmations, that type of thing. He was into yoga, taking care of himself, very healthy fellow. So, ah, yeah, some good uh, more lessons I can learn from you today, Doug. I appreciate that very much. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, the yoga thing's good too. She's trying to get me into that. And the more I've been working here, the more I'm thinking that might be helpful because, you know, I, I definitely see a GT40 in my future and, you know, getting in and out of a GT40 yoga could be very, very helpful. I'll tell you, you know, I climbed into that black one you guys have and Lance get, let me take it for a drive. And yeah, it's like climbing into a race car. I remember I had to take the steering wheel off to get my rear end down into that seat because that is one yeah. tight, tight car. But once you're in there, it just feels oh so good. But, uh, Oh, that's a great place to be. Yeah, absolutely. That was so much fun driving that thing. Holy cow. Now, how about a resource? Mm -hmm. There's lots of great resources out there these days, but is there one in particular that stands out for you? You know, I'm going to have to tell you, it's my wife. You know, she's a health and wellness coach. That's what she does for a living now. And it's totally changed my physical, mental approach to life. We've talked about it throughout the interview. But, you know, I've seen her personally change over 200 lives over the past two and a half years, including mine. And she's just amazing. Nothing short of amazing. So if uh, if people want to do that, if you want to do that, you can connect with her on Facebook. You know, Marisa DeRosa Campbell. And I promise you, she'll change your life for the better. I've just seen it over and over again. And I'm thankful every day to have her in my life. And you know, the fact that she's done that for me and uh, done that for our family is just incredible. Yeah, you're a very fortunate guy for sure. And I'll tell you what I'll do, listeners. If you have some interest in this, you feel like you need to improve your physical sense, your emotional sense, your mental sense, which uh, I think I need to improve all those in my life. Uh, I'm going to put a link to her Facebook page, if that's okay, with you on your show notes page on the Cars yeah website. How's that sound? Sure, that'd be awesome. I'm sure she'd be very appreciative of that, too. Very cool. Yeah, like I said, I follow her on Facebook. We're friends, and I see some of the incredible things that some of the people she coaches uh, are going through, and I go, oh, my gosh, that is incredible. Just fantastic. So very nice. Well, now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would that person be? Can I give you one of each? Of course. Living's definitely Peter Brock. He is and will always be my hero. The Daytona Coupe will forever be my favorite car. You know, it's the most beautiful piece of functional art ever created. And any time I can spend with this guy is a blessing. I think, you know, it connects me back to my early years and my passion for drawing and designing cars. One of the most surreal moments I can remember is when my wife and I were spending Memorial Day weekend with Pete and Gail, and we were sitting on the couch watching the Indy 500. And it's such a different perspective because they know so many of the people involved in the race. And I was sitting next to Pete on his sofa, and I remember looking over at one point at Pete, and he had his sketch pad out sketching cars. And just, I swear, everything he designs from the Daytona Coupe to his new Aeravault trailers is just absolutely fantastic. And it just resonates with me. Yeah. Now, you said there was a second person. Yeah. The other one who's no longer with us is Ken Miles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ken, you know, in studying up on all the Shelby history and learning this since I've had the Daytona, he is just an amazing talent. I love the fact, and I think one of the reasons I feel a connection with him, he had an engineering background. He could build his own cars and then just drive the wheels off of them. Yeah. You know, without all the testing and the development he did, I don't think the Cobras would ever have been as successful as they were. And the history books would be quite a bit different. And, you know, I just love the opportunity to sit down with him, you know, over a kettle of tea and talk cars. Yeah, it would be pretty special. There was a gentleman up here in the Pacific Northwest when I moved up here, uh, Pat Hart. We've lost him, but he had an amazing collection of cars. And one of the cars he had was a car that Ken used to race called the Flying Shingle. It was an MG, one of a kind, (laughs) very unique car. Yeah, I think when you start to look at Ken and the history around the Cobra, you're right. Without him, I think a lot of things would be different. And it's it's something worth reading up on and learning more about for sure. And speaking of reading, is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? 
You know, this may not be as deep and as philosophical as some people, you know, might be accustomed to, but a book I recently got as a gift for speaking to a group of people, it's just something that really speaks to me, and it's My First Car by Matt Stone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing about the car culture is the people, and it's one of the things I learned from Pete early on when I got my Daytona, is it's really about the connections of people, not just about the cars. And, you know, the car people, hands down as a whole, are the best group of people I've ever met. And to me, the whole passion for cars isn't necessarily about just the cars themselves. I kind of see the cars as a portal now to the people behind the cars. And I love making connections with car people hearing their stories. And, you know, that's what this book's all about. And I think Matt just nailed it with this book. And I would recommend it to everyone who has a passion for cars. Very cool. Yeah, Matt's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah. In fact, yesterday I interviewed Ed Iskandarian, or better known as the cam guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he will be my, has been my oldest guest to date. He's 96 years old. The guy is so sharp. And one of the things we talked about was a new book about him, an autobiography that Matt Stone wrote. So it's very coincidental that you mentioned Matt and books when I just had Iski on the show yesterday and we talked about his new book. So, uh, Very, very cool. Well, I'll make sure that I put a link to that book and all the great resources that Doug has shared today on his show notes page on the Cars website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type Doug Campbell into the search bar. You'll find his page there with links to everything we've discussed. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Doug, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. And I'll tell you what, you can keep your Daytona, park that in the corner. We'll forget about that for right now. We'll make you get rid of that. But I'm going to buy you any cool collector car or vintage race car, anything you want. Money's no object. What would that car be? And more importantly, why? Oh, wow. And it can't be the Daytona, huh? Well, I'm going to let you keep your Daytona. I think that's my point. I don't want you to feel like you have to get rid of your car that you love so much. But... No, it can be a real Daytona. Oh, that's going to cost me. Or it can be anything you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's tough. I think, you know, since I already have the Daytona, it would have to be the GT40. Oh, nice. So a real GT40, right? A real GT40. You know, I... Just the Mark One GT40 is, you know, second to the Daytona Coupe, one of the most beautiful shapes I've ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, the story behind that is just incredible. There was the movie uh, that just came out from Chassis Media called The 24-Hour War. And I think my wife and I have watched that now about six times. Oh, wow. And it's such a great doc. It's one of the best automotive documentaries I've ever seen because, you know, it just goes into so much detail, more so than any of the other books or documentaries I've ever seen about a car. And it's just so well done. Adam Carolla and the guys at Chassis Media put together just an incredible piece of work. And if you don't fall in love with the car after watching that, I mean, it's just tells the whole story about how Ferrari turned down Ford for a deal to buy the company and how, you know, it's just the American can-do attitude of we're going to do this no matter what. And then when he pulled Carroll Shelby in to take over the program, and then they went one, two, three at Le Mans in 66, one again with the Mark four in 67. And then, you know, the FIA changed the rules limiting engine size to five liters. So they couldn't use the 427 side oiler anymore. 
uh, they said, hey, no problem. They went back to the Mark I with a 302 in it and won two years in a row with the exact same <laughs> chassis. And it's still the only time the same chassis, I think, that has won Le Mans twice. Yeah. And yeah. to me, it's just an amazing story and an amazing car. And again, you know, I love the stories behind the cars. So like with the Daytona Coupe, I think I'll go with the GT40. So when you're ready to deliver that, let me know so I can have a spot in the garage. <laughs> Absolutely. What color scheme <laughs> would you like on that GT40? Oh, I think it's got to be the Golf. You know, yeah. that's the classic, and that's what won in 68 and 69. So, yeah, I think you got to go with the Golf color scheme. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Very, very nice. Well, Doug, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed learning more about you. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yell listeners and me. Would you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that GT40? <laughs> sure. You know, it may sound kind of cliche. It's it's very simple, but, you know, it's something that has really, really impacted me over the past two years and changing, you know, the mindset and stuff. And just don't limit yourself. You can just go for it in every aspect of your life. You know, having a 15-year-old son, I want to, I want to be a role model for that with him and help him to stay open to finding a career that's centered around his passion. You know, having lived so long in this corporate world, and not finding that until, you know, 55, 56 years old, yeah. you know, I'm very fortunate to have a passion-centered life now and to be paid to do something I love, which is, you know, share these great cars with people, play a small part in helping them realize what might be a lifelong dream. But, you know, I really want him to find that right out of the gate. Yeah, very, very nice. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and learn more about you and Hillbank's Superformance? You know, if you want to find out more about Superformance and Hillbank, you can go to uh, www.superformance.com. Um, or if you want to see the amazing inventory of cars that we have here at Hillbank, we have like 70 cars in the showroom. You know, Mark, because you were here, it's like Disneyland for car guys oh, here in the showroom. It's incredible. I walked in that room. I could not believe it was like, wait a minute, are there mirrors in here or something? How can there be this many of these cars? It's it's cool it's place. It's so much fun to watch people that have never been here walk into that showroom for the first time and yeah. just see the look on their face. But you can go to www.hillbankusa.com and you can uh, click on Browse Cars and you can see the inventory of cars that we have here. Yeah. Um, you can reach me directly. It's Doug C, C as in cat, at hillbankusa.com. Or you can just give me a call, 949-900-1966. And then also, you know, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, so any way you want to connect is great. I'd love, for, uh, you know, again, the showroom here in Irvine, California, love anybody that's in the area, please drop by and say hi. Yeah, absolutely. It is a incredible place to go visit. Well, listeners, you can find everything that Doug has shared again on his show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just type Doug in the search bar. His page will pop right up with links. Everything, I would encourage you to check out what they're doing there at Hillbank Superformance. The cars are absolutely spectacular. I mean, they've got so many cool cars. You can order, you can go in and buy one and just drive it out, or you can have them build something really special for you. It is a fantasy land for adults, that's for sure. Doug, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah audience and me. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. It's been a blast. It's been fun. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. 
They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.